Welcome to Critical Thinking in Loss Prevention, the show that challenges the conventional wisdom of the loss prevention industry. I am your host, Kevin Lynch. Thieves are more dangerous than ever to retail profitability. And despite the increasing sophistication of criminals, the loss prevention industry is doing a great job at fighting back. Do you believe these statements? Do you agree with them? If you believe everything you read about the loss prevention industry, then you would have to agree with them. These are two of the most common themes discussed in articles regarding loss prevention. This is definitely a case where you should follow the old axiom, don't believe everything you read. You may wonder why I'd make such a statement, but when the available data is analyzed, it becomes evident that shrink reduction has not resulted from any efforts by the loss prevention industry. National crime rates have been declining dramatically for 15 years, resulting in a corresponding reduction in shrink rates, but the loss prevention industry has had virtually nothing to do with it. Now, some loss prevention professionals may get angry by what I just said and dismiss this as the rant of some kind of lunatic. I assure you that I have not formed my views lightly. There is a significant amount of information available regarding crime rates and retail shrink, which I have used to form my conclusion. Two annual publications I used included the FBI's Uniform Crime Report, or known as the UCR, and the University of Florida's National Retail Security Survey, or known as the NRSS. The UCR is the FBI's annual compilation of national crime statistics gathered from law enforcement agencies around the country. The NRSS surveys loss prevention professionals to track loss prevention and shrink trends. These two reports supply ample information about crime and shrink, but rarely are correlations made between the two. And we would expect to find significant correlations considering that approximately 80% of all shrink is attributable to theft. According to the NRSS, shrink rates have fluctuated over the years and are currently near the lowest rates ever recorded. In 1991, the very first year that the NRSS was completed, retail shrink was 1.79%. In 2005, the NRSS reported it at 1.59%, up slightly from 2004's all-time low of 1.54%. Going from 1.79% to 1.59% equates to approximately 12% shrink reduction. When we experience this kind of shrink reduction despite increased levels of shoplifting and organized retail theft, How can I claim that loss prevention has nothing to do with the improvement? Well, on the surface, it may appear that loss prevention is making a dent. If it were true that crime was on the rise, then I too would have to agree that loss prevention is making an impact. However, crime is not on the rise. Over the past 15 years, crime rates have declined by approximately 35% or nearly three times the rate of the shrink reduction. Since 1991, the UCR has shown that crime rates have decreased to their lowest levels since 1973. This is the greatest period of crime reduction in U.S. history. Larceny rates specifically have dropped slightly less than the overall crime rates. In 1991, there were 3,228.8 larcenies committed per 100,000 U.S. residents. And in 2005, there were 2,200 
in 86.3, approximately 30% lower. The year 2005 reflected an unprecedented 10th consecutive year of declining larceny rates. Shoplifting, which the UCR includes as larceny, has decreased at a greater rate than all other larcenies. In 1991, shoplifting amounted to 17.8% of the total larcenies reported, and in 2005, reduced to only 13.9%. This represents a reduction in shoplifting exceeding 40%. Clearly, crime is not on the rise. The external crime threat to retail is at an all-time low. But is it really the result of efforts by loss prevention? Well, in 1991, the NRSS showed a shrink rate of 1.79%, with an LP budget of 0.33% of sales. In 2005, it showed a shrink rate of 1.59%, with an LP budget of 0.47% of sales. On the surface, it's easy to look at these numbers and give credit to loss prevention. The easy conclusion is when more money is budgeted to loss prevention, shrink will reduce. However, since these correlations have not been consistent over the years, this conclusion does not really make much sense. Shrink has risen as budgets have risen and dropped as budgets have dropped. And as recently as 2001, shrink rates were at 1.80% with an LP budget of 0.55%. Shrink was nearly identical from 1991 to 2001, yet LP budgets increased by about 67%. These variances indicate that there isn't any correlation between LP budgets and shrink results. Also, seemingly as a result of increased budgets, loss prevention dramatically increased the number of shoplift apprehensions. In 1991, there were approximately 13.9 shoplift apprehensions reported per company, while in 2001, there were approximately 131.6, of which 92.8 were referred for prosecution, with a rise of 567% in the number of prosecuted shoplifters, the UCR data surely would have reflected this increase. Yet, it doesn't. Rather than increasing as a percent of total total larcenies, as you would expect from the massive increase in total apprehensions, it actually decreased as a percentage of larcenies. So, do we see a correlation when shoplift apprehensions decrease? Well, in 2001, the NRSS reported 131.6 shoplift apprehensions per 100 million in sales. And in the 2005 survey, it reduced to 63.3, which is a reduction of approximately 52%. When we look at the UCR for those same years, in 2001, shoplifting accounted for 13.8% of the total reported larcenies. And in 2005, shoplifting accounted for 13.9%. While shoplifting apprehensions declined during those years, according to the NRSS, as a percentage of total larcenies reported on the UCR, they remain constant. These discrepancies indicate there isn't any correlation between the shoplift apprehensions and the crime rates. 
Scholars are still debating the reasons for the rapid decline in crime rates during this period, but its explanation goes beyond the scope of what we're talking about. We can at least conclude that it was not the result of loss prevention making more apprehensions that caused the changes. From all this data, it's easy to conclude that rather than influencing crime rates, loss prevention merely reacts to fluctuating crime rates. Since this is the case, we must analyze how much the crime rates are impacting shrink compared to how loss prevention is impacting shrink. Once this is clear, we can better assess the impact loss prevention has had in shrink reduction on top in addition to the decreasing crime rates. As we discussed earlier, since 1991, the threat of shoplifting has naturally decreased by more than 40%. So if shoplifting is dropping at such a dramatic rate, it seems reasonable to conclude that this reduction has had some influence over the shrink rate. The question is, how much did the shoplift reductions in the UCR correlate with the shrink rates? Historically, with some relatively minor fluctuations, external theft has been estimated to be about 30% of the total shrink. If we look at the 1991 shrink rate of 1.79% and estimate that 30% was due to external theft, we calculate the 1991 external theft shrink rate at 0.54%. The remaining shrink percent of 1.25% is due to other shrink factors of internal and uh, vendor fraud and errors. For the purpose of this analysis, we will assume that there wasn't any change in that shrink rate from 1991 to 2005. So when we analyze the data in this fashion, we can look at the impact that crime rate reductions had on our shrink. If we reduce 1991's external theft shrink of 0.54%, by the UCR's 40% shoplifting reduction, we calculate 2005's external theft shrink rate at 0.33%. When we add this adjusted figure to the remaining 1.25% of shrink, we can estimate that the total shrink rate in 2005 should be approximately 1.58%, all as a direct result of the natural reduction in crime. Well, just as a reminder, the actual shrink rate in 2005 was 1.59%. These results show that the natural reduction in crime correlates perfectly with our actual shrink results. From this, it is possible to conclude that loss prevention did not have any impact on reducing shrink at all. Now, is this interesting information? Well, I think so. Is it merely coincidental? I doubt it. But why would I only include shoplifting as the comparison? Why would I not include the internal theft data as well? Internal theft is a crime and should therefore be considered a factor when examining the impact of crime rate reductions, right? Well, internal theft is not the same as shoplifting. There are significant differences between the two. Employees may get, engage in criminal acts when they're generally not criminals. At least, they are not the type of criminals who engage in a variety of other criminal activities reported in the UCR. In other words, they are generally not committing burglaries, car theft, vandalism, and other violent crimes. In an effort to avoid hiring criminals, many companies perform pre-hire background checks. Your employees 
who normally live law-abiding lives, engage in criminal conduct in the workplace, not because they are criminals, but because they rationalize their behavior and actually believe they're not stealing. Shoplifters are different. They tend to be the same people who do engage in other criminal activities. They often live lawless lives, which is why they shoplift from your store. They understand they are stealing. But this decision is not based upon emotional responses to their employer. I am honest enough to acknowledge that reduced shoplifting may not be the only factor in shrink reduction. History has shown that shrink rates and crime rates do not correlate at all times. Of course, there are other factors affecting shrink. However, we cannot deny that if loss prevention is right about shoplifting represent 30% of shrink, then we have to acknowledge that 40% reductions in shoplifting should reduce overall shrink by at least 12%. That correlation is clear enough to determine that much, if not all of the shrink reduction is directly tied to the reduction in crime rates. It is natural then to question whether the efforts of loss prevention have had any impact on shrink reduction at all. About now, you might be very concerned You may have difficulty believing that loss prevention has had little impact on shrink, or you may be thinking that if the picture is as dim as I just painted, retail executives may find there isn't any need for loss prevention. In reality, retail executives have long had concerns regarding the benefits of loss prevention and whether we are actually impacting shrink. And when companies need to reduce their costs, this explains why they often cut loss prevention first. Loss prevention is frequently seen more as a necessary evil than a real profit-generating center for retail. Most LP professionals tend to characterize their own field in the same manner. I'm amazed when I read or hear people say this. I have always believed that a good LP program should generate tremendous profits and that the profitability of loss prevention is easier to measure than with any other department. Reduce shrink is, is that measurement. Most retail companies perform inventory every six months, and this is the LP department's value barometer. If shrink is not going down, then it's safe to say you have a problem with your loss prevention strategy. As they say in Alcoholics Anonymous, the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. Once you admit that conventional loss prevention strategies have not been successful in reducing shrink, you are free to explore new strategies that can be more effective. The traditional strategies of responding to theft through apprehensions and auditing to uncover failures in policy compliance are not where our efforts should be focused. Every person we apprehend represents our failure to prevent the loss in the first place. When we label ourselves loss prevention, we must analyze why we spend so much time chasing losses rather than developing and implementing initiatives for preventing losses. In the 2005 NRSS, Dr. Hollinger wrote, when we look at the correlates of inventory shrinkage, sales associate turnover and heavy reliance on part-time workforce are again the two most obvious factors. Well, I will take Dr. Hollinger's point a step further. Instead of two factors, I will combine these as one factor. 
the single most obvious factor of increasing shrink is identifying employees who do not have any vested interest in helping their company. This applies to any employee, whether or not that individual has long-term plans to stay with their company or whether he or she feels disenfranchised. In short, shrink will increase when its employees do not care about the company. We know that loyalty to the company is the primary factor of high shrink, yet loss prevention has little, if any, responsibility for helping employees develop that loyalty. Why isn't the most prevalent factor of shrinkage the responsibility of, or even on the radar of most loss prevention professionals? The success I have had at reducing shrink, both as director of loss prevention for three international retail companies and as the CEO of P&L Solutions, stems from focusing on building employee loyalty. Shrink reduction is not only possible, but is often the natural outcome when loss prevention gets involved with helping employees develop personal and vested interest in their companies. If we want to be intellectually honest about the value of our efforts, we need to take a step back and engage in some critical analysis of our role within our respective companies. The reality is simple. You can never catch your way to lower shrink. Yet over and over, this is exactly what the majority of loss prevention departments attempt to do. It is time that we lived up to our name and start preventing losses. By developing strategies that focus on the root causes of shrink, as opposed to addressing the symptoms, we can reduce shrink to previously unforeseen levels. All we need to do is take that first step and admit that we have a problem.